You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast done by a guy in a homemade Elvis costume. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Uh, The intro song was, again, not me singing. Uh, It was a song called Chicken Hunter. And, uh, yeah, do not look up the lyrics on that song. It's by uh, this band, Insane Clown Posse, and their lyrics are not nearly as family-friendly as the name Clown would suggest. Uh, For real, do not look up those lyrics. They are terrible. But let's talk some equestrian. So, South Carolina visited Auburn, and that escalated quickly. Starting off the meet with horsemanship, all of Auburn's first-round riders were better than any of South Carolina's. And while that doesn't necessarily mean a team is winning, it is better than the opposite. And sure enough, uh, once we got over to the points round, it was pretty much all Auburn in this event. South Carolina tied on the first head-to-head matchup in a no-points tie. Auburn swiftly took the remaining four points, though. Uh, Auburn's Deanna Green put together the MOP winning ride in that event. So, we started out uh, winning uh, 4-2-0. That's a pretty good start. Meanwhile, uh, over in one of the outdoor rings, a similar story was being told uh, in Equitation on the Flat. We won that event 4-1 to one, with Taylor St. Jock taking the MOP awards for her victory over Louisa Brackett. And just like that, we were up 8-1 to one, and things were looking really good for Auburn. So then we take a little bit of time and they, you know, take the ladies over to the fences ring and then they uh, redrag the uh, inner ring there and get it ready for uh, the next Western event. So while that's all happening... You're kind of looking around, and uh, the scores in this first uh, round on the uh, fences were not overwhelmingly in favor of Auburn, but we still were poised to do pretty well, and we did. Uh, Auburn won fences 3-2. to two. Uh, U- USC's Madison Selman turned in the MOP ride for the event, which really sucks since it means she would take home one of our awesome MOP stick horses. Uh, but here's the thing. Now, I hope she displays it prominently over in her dorm so that whenever she hosts recruits, they all see that great big orange and blue advertisement for Auburn or Eagle. But by now, Auburn had a uh, 11-3 lead. Uh, They had guaranteed victory uh, for the day. So as we moved on into reigning, this actually was South Carolina's uh, strongest event. So the main question was, how badly was Auburn going to end up beating the, the Gamecocks? Uh, This event was highlighted with Terry June Granger's MOP winning ride that took down USC's reigning specialist, uh, Mackenzie Duncan. 
Auburn took a tie uh, and one more point in this event, uh, making the final score for the whole meet 13-5. to So overall, Auburn put in a strong performance. They jumped out to that early lead, and they meant that the uh, contest was never really in doubt. Uh, but South Carolina did enough things right, uh, particularly in raining, to keep a, from just, you know, routing them. So, so that South Carolina meet that they're going to be riding against Texas A&M in the SEC tournament in about a month, that's going to be a fun one to watch, y'all. Uh, speaking of which, uh, this weekend's win for the Tigers guarantees us first place in the SEC uh, for the regular season. It means we're going to get the top seed in the conference tournament. Unfortunately, that means that we are going to ride against the host, Georgia, in the semifinal. Uh, the schedule for the tournament has been announced, and Auburn will be in the second semifinal of the day on Friday, March 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern uh, over in uh, Bishop, Georgia. So, uh, But now, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's look around the sport and see uh, how some other teams did uh, in the world of equestrian. So, uh, we had several teams facing off in a couple of tri-meets. I love tri-meets where a bunch of teams get together. It's so cool. Uh, first off, we had South Dakota State and Baylor traveling to Texas A&M. In the first meet, Texas A&M opened up a comfortable lead over Baylor, but then they kind of let the Bears come back, and they almost tied that meet on the final ride. But they lost the final point, and then it didn't tie, so um, Texas A&M ended up winning that one 10-8. But it was super close, closer than it should have been. Uh, in the next meet, Baylor beat South Dakota State comfortably. Uh, they Baylor won that one a uh, score of 13-3, to so it wasn't even really close. And then a similar similar result occurred in the last meet where Texas A&M rode against the Jackrabbits, and they beat them 13-5. to Texas A&M will now travel to Auburn this coming weekend, and we will see if those two victories gave them a little bit of confidence, uh, because like you uh, may recall, they did real well against Auburn when they were in College Station, and they haven't been doing too well since, but now they got a victory here, so maybe they'll, that'll pump them up before they come to Auburn. The second tri-meet I want to talk about took place in Bishop, Georgia. So another SEC team hosting a tri-meet. That's awesome. Uh, Georgia hosted Delaware State and UT Martin. In the first meet, Georgia faced off against Delaware State, and they pretty much handled the Hornets uh, pretty easily. They won 15-4. Uh, to 4. All the usual Georgia riders uh, took points in this one. Uh, Maddie Darts, you know, we heard about her a couple weeks back. She's real good. Um, and uh, they actually had a freshman rider who did real well, got an MOP over there, had her best uh, ride of the season. So we'll actually have to look out for her in the SEC tournament. Hopefully she ain't going to do that well against us. But we'll see. In the next meet, uh, Delaware State barely edged UT Martin uh, 8-7. to So um, now the Warhawks did take home three MOP honors in that contest, but of course they didn't take home the majority of points, and that's what really matters. So overall, you know, kind of a disappointment, um, even though they, they had some good riders. And then in the last of those three meets, Georgia went up against UT Martin themselves, and it was pretty much all Georgia. Uh, the Bulldogs took that one 17-2. It was just a great day for them. Yay, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, you really kind of hate to see that for UT Martin. They did real well at the beginning of the season for a while there, but they have really slowed down uh, recently, and that's not the way you want to finish a season. <laughs> you kind of want to do the opposite of that. Or you could just do like Auburn and be awesome every week. So, But yeah, that's easy to say and pretty hard to do. And finally, SMU and TCU squared off in the battle for Dallas. Uh, they're both located in the Dallas area, and it was pretty much all SMU. 
Uh, this one ended up 17 to 1, and it was actually the largest margin of victory SMU has ever gotten over an opponent in Equestrian. Um, that's great for them, but it's pretty rough for TCU. <laughs> um, the Horn Frogs really have kind of gone in the tank here lately. Uh, they are now last in the Big 12. Uh, they might drop out of the rankings for this performance. Uh, they're certainly going to drop. And they are not heading into the postseason with any sort of momentum. This is It's really a rough uh, state of affairs for them. Speaking of which, let's talk about the rankings. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have great news for you. All of my hard work is starting to pay off. I have noticed that the official... NCA rankings have started to become much more intelligent and representative of reality. Yes, that is right. The latest NCA rankings that came out last week, they are very close to the Auburn Elvis ranking, y'all. Uh, some more important people in the sport must be listening to this podcast. So, let's take a look at their rankings right now. At number one in the official rankings is, of course, Auburn. That's great. Um, they actually got that one very close to the Auburn Elvis rankings. Um, of course, you, as you remember, in the Auburn Elvis rankings, Auburn is ranked in position prime, and then we leave the number one position blank because that's how big of a gap there is between us and everybody else. But it's okay. I don't fault the NCA folks for their rankings and missing that one. Um, you know, they were very close to correct on that. So then on number two, they have Oklahoma State. Okay, I can't fault them on that either. Uh, number three is South Carolina, uh, or was last week. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, at this point, they're kind of running into the whole uh, fact where literally every other team in the top 10 has lost to Auburn. So losing to Auburn is no longer a mark against you. At least it shouldn't be. It's really expected. So you shouldn't penalize teams for losing to Auburn anymore. Number four is SMU. Okay, they just destroyed TCU, so that validates uh, that ranking position. Number five is Fresno State. Uh, actually, Georgia should be in this spot. Uh, they did beat the Bulldogs in Fresno. Actually, they're both the Bulldogs, but Georgia is who I'm talking about. Georgia beat Fresno State in Fresno, and Georgia is kind of getting penalized for losing to Auburn twice. Uh, but again, you know, anybody who faced Auburn twice would lose to Auburn twice. So you can't really, that's not fair, y'all. Uh, number six is Georgia. I just covered that. Number seven, TCU. Uh, that's going to change because TCU rode like hot garbage this weekend. Uh, number eight is Texas A&M. The Aggies finally stopped losing. Yay! They beat Baylor, so this looks good. Uh, number nine is Baylor. Okay, yeah. Uh, you, so what you probably should do is just slide TCU down to, like, number nine, and then bump A&M and Baylor up a spot there. And then, drumroll please, uh, the number ten team in the official whatever whatever NCEA rankings is UC Davis. Uh, yes! The NCAA finally put California's favorite Aggies into the 10th spot, like I have been saying they should have been in for three weeks now. So, uh, these rankings are so close to being correct that I'm not even going to embarrass the NCAA folks with my rankings this week, uh, and that's okay, you know, uh, if, if the common person wants to see these rankings and think this, these are how it is, that's fine with me, they're, they're actually very close. Uh, it took them half a year to get the rankings close to right, and they have finally done that. So good job, NCEA. Um, although y'all do really need to swap uh, Georgia and Fresno State. Uh, so now let's talk about how things are shaping up for this Auburn program overall as we are closing out the season. 
Obviously, being undefeated speaks for itself. Uh, but Auburn still has some challenges that they're going to have to deal with if they're going to win another national championship. Now, I'm kind of skipping over the SEC championships right now. We will talk more about that on a future podcast. Instead, uh, right now, I'm talking about how Auburn needs to figure out who their top four riders are in every event. Because, as I have mentioned before, once you get into the national championship tournament out in Waco, you do not ride five riders versus five riders. Instead, you only do four versus four. Now, for some of these teams, that ain't a big deal because they only have four good riders in, in each event. But over here at Auburn, um, there are some events where we have twice that many good riders. So it is going to be a challenge for Greg Williams and the assistant coaches to make sure that they are sending out our four best riders once we get over to Waco. Uh, now, I do want to make one note about this next part. I am about to call out some names, and I'm going to say that this person is better than that person in this event or that event, and I urge you to take everything that I say with a grain of salt. Uh, one, because I know some of these girls are actually listening to this podcast, and I do not want to uh, ruffle any feathers or hurt any feelings. Uh, so I'm going to just tell everybody up front, hey, it is very possible that I do not know what I'm talking about here, okay? Number two, I'm going off the numbers in the Auburn statistics, okay? These are stats that show who has won their points and who has the most wins. And so that is a pretty good indicator of who our top riders are. But there's obviously a lot more going on with every ride, every rider, than what you can identify in a single set of statistics. You know, it's not just did you win or not, there's the horse, there's the rider you're matched up again, all these other factors going on. So when I say, hey, this person over here is better than this person over there, uh, just understand that there are a lot, I understand there's a lot else going into it, so I very easily could be wrong about this. So please, do not get upset with me. I'm really just trying to illustrate the difficulty that Auburn is going to have whittling it all down to just four riders in every event. Um, but based on the stats that I can see, which is all that I really have to work with, here are the, our top riders in each event, and we are trying to figure out, okay, here are the top four, because again, those are the only ones we're going to be really using in a single meet. Now, we can swap around who those four are, but you got to know who's your best, and you do want to ride your best, so there you go. First, let's talk about uh, equitation on the flat. Our top three riders in this event are Langmeyer, St. Jock, and Kurtz. That is great and all. Uh, it's nice that we know that. But the problem for Auburn comes in on these next three riders. We have Stearns, Matthias, and Smith. And they are all extremely close to one another in terms of wins. So it's going to be very difficult for the coaching staff to choose which of those three is going to be that fourth rider in a lot of those meets out in Waco. When you look at fences, uh, this one gets even tougher because there's even less separation among all of our top riders. Uh, when you look at just the wins, here are the order of our top fences riders. We got Langmire and Kurtz. They both have uh, 9 and 10, or 10 and 9 wins, respectively. You have Napic, who has also got 9 wins. Then you have uh, St. Jock and Stearns, and they each have 8 wins. So there is almost no separation between those top five riders. So that's going to be kind of difficult for the coaching staff to handle when you've got to whittle it down to just four. In horsemanship, it is a similar situation. 
We have Green and Tardoff with 11 and 10 wins. Then we have uh, Cyril's with about 8 wins. And uh, Spack and Kaufman are tied for 6 wins each. So again, number 1 and number 2 might be pretty easy to choose. And maybe number 3 as well. But what are you going to do with that 4th position? You got a couple of girls who are um, seemingly about equal in terms of stats. Then in reigning, we got, you know, things to think about there as well. Our top four riders in this event are pretty much uh, Granger, Casper, Green, and Sheldon. But this weekend, we saw uh, Taylor Cyril's riding in this event uh, as well. So the coaches must be, you know, considering riding her in some of these competitions. Also, we have freshman Boot Cammer that has ridden a lot in this event over the season. So she's a possibility as well. I bring all this up just to let people know that the task ahead for the coaches is going to be just as challenging as what the athletes have to deal with. This is, you know, something that a lot of folks in the sport really don't like is about how they change the format, you know, where it's instead of five on five, it's four on four once you get into the national championship. So you end up going the whole season and you you ride with a certain set of girls and, you know, then when it gets down to the point where it all matters the most, you scrap all that and you have to choose only four riders instead of the five that you've been getting used to. So it, I think it's kind of dumb. Uh, I understand why they do it. It's it's basically so that these, these uh, smaller schools, they don't just get steamrolled by the bigger schools year in, year out. But, you know, I'm a fan of one of the bigger schools, so I really don't like this rule. And in fact, I would say this rule is partly responsible for Auburn upsetting Georgia two years ago. I mean, Georgia was a very deep team, and then they had to pare that down to just four riders, and Auburn kind of took advantage of that because that rule didn't hurt Auburn that much that year. And then the very next year, last year, that same rule was almost responsible for Georgia getting the upset against us because, again, we were deeper than Georgia. The rule forced us to pare it down to just four on four, and then Georgia was able to, you know, take us down to the wire, very last ride. So, yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm a little worried, you know, because there might be some school out there where their top four is just easy for them to select. And then here we are at Auburn. We got, you know, our fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth riders are all good. And, you know, we got to choose just four of them. Uh, And then, you know, maybe one uh, of them has an off day out in Waco. And then we end up losing the competition because of that. That would be disastrous. Now, I I could just be, you know, worrying over nothing. But it's, you know, it's just trying to let you know this is what Auburn is up against right now. Uh, But again, the coaches, they know what they're doing. They do this every year. They obviously know a lot more about these riders than I do. So, you know, like I said, I'm just going by the statistics where they're going off of, you know, actually knowing how good the riders are. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you know, we're going to trust our coaches and their reputation speaks for itself. Uh, We're in really good hands. I just wanted y'all to realize that once we get into that national championship over in Waco, the format is going to change in some significant ways. And Auburn uh, will not have all of our usual advantages of our overwhelming talent like we do in most meets these days. So let's look ahead to the next meet versus Texas A&M. As I told you earlier, the A&M uh, Aggies, they had a tri-meet. They hosted it. They barely won the tough one, and then they easily won the easy one. Well, that's kind of dumb. Of course, the, the easy one was easy. But anyway, Texas A&M, we faced them before out in College Station. They rode really well. Uh, a lot of their girls had some really good rides, and they were on their game and ready to try and upset us and all that, and they almost did. Uh, that was actually the closest meet we rode all season, and it was on the road, and that makes things tougher, you know, when you're on the road. Uh, and now we're riding at home, so it should be a little bit easier for us. 
Plus, this is our last home meet, so I expect that the crowd will show up and it will be overwhelmingly pro-Auburn, <laughs> which always has a big effect on our athletes. So, uh, for Auburn, you can pretty much expect to see a lot of the usual names that I mentioned earlier before. Uh, like I said, this is a time when the coaches are going to be looking for, you know, who are those top four riders uh, that we're going to be able to rely on here in Waco. So I think a lot of the athletes are really going to be geared up to demonstrate what they can do here at the end of the season. Uh, for the Aggies, they definitely have a lot of talent, but recently they have not really been delivering on it. Um, they have a girl, uh, Caroline Dance. Uh, she's really good. She won both her points against us over in College Station, so we'll have to look out for her. Uh, she's on that jumping seat side. Uh, the Texas A&M reigning team did really well against us in College Station. So I kind of expect Auburn's, uh, you know, Terry June Granger, Deanna Green, etc., etc. They will all be looking to redeem themselves in Auburn uh, this weekend. In fact, actually, reigning is going to tell us a lot about how these two teams stack up against one another. And it's kind of a shame that that's going to be the last event of the day because it means we're going to have to wait till the very end to know if we're going to run away with victory or if we're going to have to squeak one out. Um, but my guess is that the reigning riders uh, were not very happy with their performance out in College Station. And so every single one of them is going to be focused in and looking not just to win their points, but to win them going away at this final home meet. So when you head out to the Equestrian Center this weekend, and I know you are going to be going over to the Equestrian Center this weekend because this is our last home meet. It is your last chance to see these ladies in Auburn. This is your last chance to see a group of athletes who are probably going to win us another national championship, and they are doing it in a convenient location for you. Now, some of y'all might, you know, live over in Atlanta, so you could drive up to Bishop and, uh, you could, uh, you know, watch the SEC tournament if you wanted to, or maybe some of y'all live out in Texas and you can go over to Waco or whatever. Or maybe some of y'all got private jets and you just fly all over the place to watch Equestrian. I ain't judging anybody. I'm just saying, there's a meet at Auburn. History is being made by this team and you will want to witness this part of it. Uh, so while you're doing all that uh, on Saturday, get real excited at the reigning event because that is the event that our girls are going to want to make a mark and demonstrate that they are better than anybody else in the nation. It's also the last event of the day. It's the big finale. So head on over to Auburn this weekend. You're going to see some good equestrian. You're going to see the best team in the nation probably defeat another pretty good SEC team. Uh, so I hope you'll get on over to the Equestrian Center this Saturday at 11 Central. Well, that is the end of our podcast this week. Once again, I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much for listening. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?